0: Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM and check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. Game week, G-A-M-E, Jets, Jets, Jets. It's game week. It's Colts and Texans from NRG, I believe it's still called that, NRG, Reliant, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And really it's a place the Colts have, frankly owned the Texans in the Frank Reich era. I know that might sound foreign to a lot of Colts fans, but the AFC South issues are not related to Houston uh, seven and two in the Frank Reich era against the Texans four and one down there. The one loss coming, uh, I believe Jacoby set under center in that 2019 season. So we'll break down the game, uh, get into that. We'll also do our season predictions here on the podcast. I guess we'll go game by game, Eddie. Not like too in depth on each game, but we'll go maybe break up the uh, the sections of the season in quarters. It's probably a little bit of a healthier way to do it. And then just a handful of Twitter questions uh, before we get started. I do want to mention again, we'll probably be off all next week with uh, Baby Bowen number two. And thank you to so many people out there that have reached out uh, via comments and messages. Um, Wishing us a smooth and, and safe delivery and everything coming up on Friday. Uh, so don't look for a pod next week. This will probably be the last one for about a week. And then Once we get into the season, last year I think we kind of introduced this to you guys. This will be the second pod of the week. Coming at you Wednesday afternoon. You get through the first media availability. You get through the first injury report. I kind of like for that, that pod to live for about 48, 72 hours until game time. And then obviously the Monday recap pod. Late morning is when you should look for that once we get into the season. With all of that, Eddie Garrison, good Wednesday afternoon, and congrats on a successful fantasy draft.
1: <laughs> thank you, you as well. want to thank everyone else for participating in the draft as well. Also, thank you to the people that have joined the Pick'em League so far. I'll tweet that out once again. I know we've got a little... Less than twenty four hours or so by the time this probably gets out for you to join because your your picks have to be submitted uh, by the time the Rams and the Bills kick off on Thursday afternoon. As Kevin scrambles to his phone, probably to go lock in those picks now. <laughs> um, hey, I already
0: I already got them in, man. I was thinking, man, if this baby comes early, I got to get the fantasy lineup set. Oh, I got to get to pick them. I'm sure Maddie would love to be would love to hear that. You know, those are where my responsibilities. <laughs> but hey, it's kind of work, right?
1: Yeah, it's work. Yeah, uh, um, but no, that was fun on Monday night totally agree one final thing i would just, i just want to thank all the listeners for welcoming in so far uh, i know it's been about a month or so uh since i've taken over for chris and i couldn't thank uh, all of you guys enough that have reached out and told me i've done a great job so far and Looking forward to more pods. Well,
0: and uh, I don't know if the positive comments will continue, Eddie, because uh, if you want to get humbled, just look at the YouTube comments, man, because sometimes those can really get you to look in the mirror. But you know what? It builds character, it builds toughness, and you battle adversity, and that's what we do here on Kevin's Corner. You've been hanging
1: around Frank Reich too much. Is it game week? I sound like it, it is game
0: week. Eight and a half, is that the last? It's now down
1: to seven and a half.
0: Ooh, is it dropping?
1: <laughs> yes. Um,
0: so the Colts, I believe, still are the biggest favorite in week one, even with it dropping just a hair there. So a touchdown plus favorite. Um, And like I was saying, you know, Eddie, I feel like if this game was week six or week seven, I don't think you'd have one ounce of worry from a Colt fan. But simply because it's week one, it's the opener, and the scar tissue is massive leading into week one, that's why Colts fans are worried. The Texans, I think, are the least talented opponent the Colts will face all year long. Uh, some might argue the New York Giants, but like I, I look at Jacksonville next week and think that is a that team would strike a little bit more worry in me than Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But week one, weird, you know, weird shit happens. Frankly, uh, I think back to the opener a few years ago with Jacksonville. Yep, and Phillip Rivers as a quarterback and the one loss all year or the one win all year, I should say for the Jags, was that game. Um, like I, you know, teams. Teams continue to live in bliss this week. And until you get really punched in the mouth, you still believe that there's hope and there's hype and we can get on a run and all those things. So I understand that uh, that worry that comes with week 1. Uh but the Colts dominated both of these meetings last year. I mean, dominated them. Uh Jonathan Taylor was, you know, easy 140 yards in both of those games. Um so I think you, you you like that? It's a very—they have a couple of names on their offensive line. Their defense has got to be one of the more obscure defenses I've ever seen. Yep, just like random dudes. Yeah, uh, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Oh yeah, they did draft Eric Stingley Jr. Um, the linebackers and Kruger Hill and and Christian Kirksey. And offensively, it's like, man, Brandon Cooks. Should I draft him in fantasy or not? <laughs> I feel like everyone has that dilemma at some point. Damian Pierce has kind of been a media darling, uh, or I should say fantasy darling, uh, as a rookie. I uh, did grab him. Did you? I did. In our league? Yeah. There you go. Um, I Trust me, I it crossed my mind. I don't know if it was in our league or maybe one with my, uh, with my friends, but uh, yeah, Davis Mills year two, Pep Hamilton, a guy that I thought was kind of a scapegoat in the Chuck Pagano era. And probably should not have been canned on that after that Monday night game and the rain in Carolina, but um, I guess another thing on the Texans' note, it kind of hit me as we were chatting with Matt Ryan today. I was thinking, you know what, Matt Ryan's probably faced Lovey Smith a lot, and so just asked Matt Ryan just kind of about the core principles of facing a Lovey Smith defense, and then went back and looked it up. Um, I believe I had this right, seven games. He's faced Lovey Smith in his career. Now, obviously, a lot of these are the Chicago days. Those two years that Lovey was in the NFC South in Tampa, uh, Matt Ryan led teams five and two in those seven matchups. Uh, the off, or I should say, the teams averaged twenty five points per game. Now there is an outlier of a fifty six point game. Uh, that was Atlanta against Tampa in the twenty. 20- I think it was the 14th season. Matt Ryan threw three touchdowns, had three incompletions the whole game. That's pretty good. <laughs> 284 yards. So that I guess is a little bit of an outlier. Uh, but yeah, 70 percent completion percentage, 10 touchdowns, five picks. So I mean, decent numbers. And well, I think Se- when 70 percent is a nice number. Um, but basically, a lot of history and going up against Lovey, and you know, kind of the core principles that come with that Tampa 2 scheme.
1: I think part of the reason too you're seeing this number drop going back to where you kind of started. I think there's been a lot of hype nationally around Davis Mills. Yeah, I think you're hearing a lot of people say, "Hey, don't overlook this guy. The way right. he closed out the season. Uh he closed the season he did close out the season very strong, but I'm trying to figure out the total numbers, but uh, have some internet problems in the studio, so can't figure that out. But I know he, I know he didn't turn the ball over as much through the air. He did look a little more promising uh, with his his uh, his connection with Brandon Cooks. But uh, like you said, if it wasn't week one, I I would you you and I would probably be hammering Colts minus seven and a half yeah. just the way they played against them last year.
0: And again, week one, like the crowd will actually care for a bit. You some yeah. of these games in Houston lately have been some of the most pathetic NFL environments I've ever seen. Um, And, like I mean, just look at the trend for Houston. You know, it started with what? Clowney, then Watt, then Hopkins, and obviously the Watson saga and all of it. I mean, they are full-on rebuild mode. Um, I guess a couple of items that I wanted to get to, Eddie, before we hop into kind of looking at the schedule. Um, An exercise we did on our morning show today was, you know, What are you most confident in about the Colts heading into the season and what are you least confident in? I'd say from a most confident standpoint, just everything Jonathan Taylor does, from his own individual production to what he does for your passing offense, all of that, that is an item that you're obviously uber confident in. Uh, The Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman, or excuse me, the Matt Ryan, Frank Reich intellect, I think would also fall on that list. Like their ability to chess match, their their ability to scheme, thing, scheme things up, be on the same page, process, pre-snap identification, all of that. Uh, I'm sitting there yesterday. I guess it was Monday. It's like myself, Zach Kiefer, I don't know, maybe George Brim or somebody else. We're sitting there talking to Michael Pittman. And Pittman is like, yeah, you know, last year we were just out there running the play. I saw that. He's like, yeah, it was just kind of backyard football and – Uh, We just run around and make plays. And then he's like, this year we're trying to be more organized. At our spots, you know, make sure you got proper route depth. Um, And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, God, it sounds like I make the analogy to our morning co-host, Jake Query, who, for those that don't know, Jake, uh, and he would admit this, and I think it's fine with sharing this, uh, his college career did not go very well as an 18 to 19 to 20 year old. He's now back in college and is doing a beautiful job at the age of 50, um, earning his degree. But I basically listened to Pittman and thought to myself, boy, last year's offense sounds like Jake Quarry is a freshman at Kansas University. <laughs> University of Kansas of, yeah, we'll just wing it, and we'll just see what happens. And now this year, with Matt Ryan super detail-oriented, it kind of sounds like Jake Quarry at 50, who's got a tutor to help him you know, get get through his algebra and all this. Um, obviously, it's not a ringing endorsement on the previous quarterback, Um, And I said this before on the podcast, Eddie, but Matt Ryan is an older generational QB. A big believer in Monday through Saturday matters. It matters a whole lot. And on field, in the classroom, all of that stuff, we have got to be precise. Because Matt Ryan at 37 is probably not having the 90, not that he ever had 102 mile per hour fastball, but the physical gifts are not where they they once were, not to say they've diminished, you know, Drastically. Yeah, drastically. Um, so that is something that I think would give me confidence. You know, Frank Reich used a phrase last year to describe the difference between Sam Ellinger and Jacob Eason that Sam found simple very well. Finding simple. Like, it, it's an interesting phrase to hear. You know, it's Frank's job to create simple. And then it's the quarterback's job to make sure they find that based off what the defense is doing and wh- where is Simple going to be on this play. When you have Jonathan Taylor, you know there shouldn't be a massive need to do a whole lot of exotic stuff in in the passing game. Now if Taylor's limited, then obviously you got a little bit more on your plate there. But I just feel like Matt Ryan should find Simple at a higher rate than Carson Wentz did last season. Um, so I think that's something as well in the confidence end. And then lastly... I think they've tried to address those impactful positions defensively. You think about the defensive line, and you think about Buckner and Ngakwe, you think about the secondary, and you think about Gilmore and Kenny Moore. I I would probably even throw Julian Blackman into that group. Those are some Pro Bowl caliber players at the passing positions of the defense. Mm -hmm. I go back to what Chris Boward said. Back in January at the season ending presser, we have got to impact the pass game better defensively and pass the football better offensively. And if you look at the moves, mostly on defense, obviously the quarterback on offense, the Colts have made several moves in that area. I tend to think turnovers can be a little fluky. I agree. So I don't think you can rely, I mean, what were the Colts? I think they were second to Dallas last year in turnovers forced and, you know, a huge Cashing in of those turnovers, you know, into points. Let's say those subside. Let's say those quiet down a little bit. Instead of being second in the league, now you're 12th in the league in that. Can you just get off the field in normal ways? Do it with a nice pressure on a third and eight, and an Aaron overthrow, and now your punt team, your punt return units coming on the field, and you got to stop. I feel like this defense is a little bit better equipped to do that. I agree. Um, so I think that is something else that has me feeling a little bit confident. I know I didn't bring this up with you before the show started, but anything else you think in the confidence category you would put? I, I probably covered three of the big ones there.
1: Um, I, I feel confident in both, not only just Jonathan Taylor, but Naheem Hines. I think that role for Hines, more of a slot receiver, is going to pay a large um, bit of success into that offense for the Colts this year I think he's that missing piece I think they were missing from a season ago um they're finally figuring out how to utilize him I think uh by putting him out there in the slot and then I agree with you on the secondary and the pass rush um I still feel confident in the linebackers too even with Shaquille maybe out they have they have been mm-hmm. they have sure. been able to fill in for him so far in the preseason and so far at camp and in practices it seems like they look good um and then special teams I'm I'm confident in special teams I thought Rodrigo kicked the ball well uh, and then Matt Hawk looked really good in yeah, preseason.
0: Special teams I still probably fall a little bit in the prove it category, um, just because with Rod he's kicked well in camp before, and you know games it's a little bit of a question mark. And Hawk was tremendous in that preseason game. His the back of his baseball card would indicate it is going to be a step back from Rigo which. I mean, to be fair to Rego, I mean, he's a, a, a tremendous punter there. Um, I don't know if I've ever called them Rod and Rigo on the pod. Hmm. And now Rod rhymes with pod. Um,
1: I, <laughs> well, you know, I want to be careful where the avenue you're going then, down.
0: Well, nothing screams more. I just need to stick with diapers and trying to rock <laughs> the baby here over the next week or so and just end this. Okay, least confident, Eddie. Um, no surprise, number one, but I would just say the support from Michael Pittman. You know, that is concerning to me. I think he's the most indispensable player on this football team. Um, I know some people might disagree with that. And we hear this phrase a lot in the offseason. I mean, the Colts didn't game plan at all in the preseason. You know, they didn't, I mean, design nothing. Well, opposing defenses didn't design to take away Michael Pittman. you got to think that's going to be high on the priority list from defenses into this season. So how much support there? You know, two on the list, Eddie – Is your O-line elite? I didn't feel like you were elite last year. I know that's a big standard, but you've invested a lot of serious resources into that group, and you've built the team around the premise of you need your offensive line to be that. Um, Do you get back there? You know, Matt Pryor, there's no way to kind of quantify this, Eddie. But find me the times in the history of the NFL that you've had a day three draft pick, Go four years into his career, pretty much be a spot guy, kind of like the sixth offensive lineman. And then all of a sudden a franchise say, you know what? He started a game or two at left tackle. (laughs) I think he should be our left tackle. You know, it it just—and I I know a lot of that sounds like in in jest, but I mean that in all seriousness. Like, it's a—the Colts are doing something that you probably hardly have ever seen in the NFL, certainly since— the league has transformed into man, that blindside, you know, is huge for a right handed quarterback. And then with Danny Pinter, and this is more just Danny Pinter's interesting football career, you know, when he puts his hand on the ground to play right guard on Sunday afternoon, that'll be the first game he's ever played guard in yeah. his football career. I mean, he was a tight end, and I think South Bend Adams, I want to say, one of the South Bend public schools. And then. Went to Ball State, and at Ball State he was a tight end to begin, and then played tackle. And then in the NFL, it's been center, has been where he started uh, when he's filled in for Ryan Kelly. So uh, that's just kind of it's kind of crazy to think, yeah. you know, for Penter, you know, that you could probably find a little bit more of some case studies there. But e- even then, that that's unusual, and prior as well. Uh, and then lastly, and this is a little bit more philosophical, this is a little bit more big picture. And honestly, it's something that Colts fans should want to see their team in a lot of these situations. But I think they enter week one with it. There's a bullseye on their back. They are the clear favorite in the AFC South now. If Mm -hmm. you look in Vegas, it's not very close in terms of the betting odds. You want to see close in the division, go look at the AFC North. Go look at the AFC West. I mean, Those are tough divisions to pick the winner. If you look at the AFC South. It's not Buffalo to everybody else in the East, but the Colts are the definite favorite over the Titans. And obviously the A.J. Brown situation, the Harold Landry injury, that has played into it. So basically with that one, for me, Eddie, it's you're playing with more of a bullseye. When this franchise has had the bullseye, which isn't super often in the Frank Reich era, that's when they've struggled. But they've had a kind of play from behind, which is really where they've thrived. Now it's what if you get off to a two and O start for the first time since two thousand nine? You know, what if you are three and one? You know, those sorts of things. How do you handle that? Obviously it's a great position and you want to be in that position, but how this team handles it I think is something to keep an eye on.
1: They are the third highest favorite to win their division. Colts are minus one forty. Got,
0: got, got it. Got it, got it, got a- it uh, so what what would be the other fourth, ones? Well, fourth uh,
1: highest. Sorry, you've so got Green Bay, Buffalo, Buffalo, Tampa, and Tampa. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: That makes sense when you when you say that out loud. And I just don't. You know, I think this is the most confident Colts fans have been entering a season in their entire football team in the Frank Reich era. And I emphasize entire because 2018. You know, yes, you had luck, but Mm -hmm. we we hadn't seen luck for a year. Yeah, it was still Reich's first season. You were overhauling the defense big time. If I'm not mistaken, didn't you start off like one and five in 2018? Yes. know, So that was kind of you. You had to win a week 17 in Tennessee just to get in the playoffs. I mean, that was kind of wild how all of that unfolded there. Uh, I just think, from an offensive and defensive standpoint, and from an AFC South standpoint, this is the most confident.
1: Um. Fans have been. Uh, one group I want to add to your list here is the tight end group.
0: For least confident. Yes. Yeah, and I guess support for Pittman kind of falls into that. But yeah, you are you you are right about that.
1: Well, uh, and just not even in addition to just supporting Pittman, helping out Matt Pryor, helping out Braden Smith if they need help chipping or whatever, being able to fill the Jack Doyle role. Royal uh, role. My goodness. Uh, role in the in the running game, being able to block and hold their blocks so that Jonathan Taylor can have some holes along the outside or on the inside if they want to do some inside zone running. Um, yeah,
0: very good points.
1: I think those are just kind of two things with that tight end group not, that just I have to look at that I'm not confident in heading into the season. And that's not even just from the pass catching standpoint either because you've seen Mo, he's had flashes, but he's also had flashes of drops. Jelani Woods, unproven kylan granson unproven so outside of the outside of those three it's like okay why should i feel confident in those three guys
0: yeah there's a lot of truth behind that um and again it's probably not as flashy as a position as wide out so that's why you know you don't slide it in there but in a frank Reich offense it means a lot and you know kylan granson i thought he had a really good camp which is big because he had i thought a pretty poor spring in the times we were able to go out there and and watch the colts um okay with that let's get into a little bit of game by game and when I say game by game let's actually just kind of break it into quarters if you don't mind Eddie Um, and I guess just to kind of preview each one just name the opponents real quick and the record that I would have that I have for them um, in each quarter of the season let's start with the first quarter and then we can react to each one for those that want to see this in written form By the time you listen to this podcast, it probably will already be up on our website. I'm shooting for a Thursday morning post on this one.
1: Okay, so obviously week one at Houston, week two at Jacksonville, week three home against the Chiefs, week four home against the Titans. You have the Colts defeating the Texans, 27-20. The Jaguars, uh, the Colts winning that game as well, 23-17, so you have them starting 2-0. Week 3 you'll have Kansas City, I have them losing 30-23 so they're 2 and 1 and then week 4 home against the Titans you have them winning 24-17 and 3 and 1.
0: You know, I don't know the clout that Jim Mercedes has in this city. Eddie, I would think it would be pretty high. Um does a lot of unbelievable stuff. You know, really behind the scenes a lot of it. Oh for, yeah. for our community. Um on September 19th if the Colts are 2 and 0, that should be a mandatory holiday for the city of Indianapolis. <sighs> and frankly the state of Indiana, parade, Monument Circle, down Georgia Street, South Street, maybe by then you could take down the T.Y. Hilton banner off the backside of Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, and celebrate the first 2-0 start since 2009, uh, which is just absurd when you say that out loud. So yes, I have the Colts winning these first two, I would be more worried about Jacksonville than Houston. Um I've got them losing to Kansas City. You know, something to know about the Chiefs coming into that week three matchup, Eddie. Uh, it's great for us because I love appointment Thursday night football. I especially love it when Lord knows I've got a baby that won't be sleeping. <laughs> that game in week two on Thursday night football is Chiefs and Chargers. Like, let's and go. AFC West, we love it. God bless the football gods that have given us that division this year to consume from an entertainment value. What does that mean, though, for the Colts? That means 10 days off for the Chiefs after that Thursday nighter into week three.
1: And we all know how Andy Reid plays off a bye. Exactly. That stat is, well, I mean, leading into openers. What
0: are they, eight straight openers as well? I think it's
1: like eight straight openers, and he's only lost one time coming off a bye week in his coaching career.
0: It is absolutely absurd what he's done. So, there you go. Um, I've got that as a loss. I haven't beaten the Titans in, in week four at home. I mean, we know what that game is going to mean. And, and yes, Tennessee is taking some big-time losses. I also think a little bit they're like a cat that, you know, just how many lives does do they have? I just feel like the Titans won't truly, truly go away. So, yes, I have 3-1, and one Eddie, through the first quarter.
1: So, going back to our listener from last week who asked uh, where to go week three, if the Colts are 2-0 and and by your accounts there, uh, I don't think you'll have – much of a hard choice on where to go. You Just walk around downtown, you find something.
0: There's going to be hype, man. Can you imagine that home opener? Which I just, I love, you know, I want some juice right. back
1: in that building,
0: some life back in that building, you know? We had on the Indiana Sports Corps president today to end our show, and for those that are unfamiliar with our city, basically, uh, a company that's done an incredible job, and helping us get so many events to the city of Indianapolis and then put on those events and pull them off. Boy, and I'm thinking myself talking to him, boy, it's time to get a home playoff game, you know, back in the city of Indianapolis. It's been so many years. Kansas City with a 2-0 start speaks for itself. Mahomes is the first time ever playing in Indy, so you know the hype will be alive and well for that one. Yes, Tyree Kill still early in the season, that loss, but 10 days. I got to go Kansas City there. 3 and
1: 1 for the Colts. All right, next four. You've got the Colts uh losing at Denver, defeating the Jaguars, losing at Tennessee, and then defeating the Carson Wentz Commanders. So they are 5 and 3 by your record through week 8. So my losses here, I think the
0: Broncos, this is the only I think double score Loss I have all season long. I just think it's a good opponent. It's a good quarterback. It's a road trip in the altitude on a short week, and I, I just don't love that. So, I've got a two score loss there. You know, the Titans. I kind of go back and forth on. You know, I mean, it's such a big loss, man. Landry and um, Brown. I also think, you know, would the Colts really be five and zero in the division through week seven? I mean, that that's that's what I would have here if I went win. Um, you know, obviously sweeping Jacksonville, beating Houston, beating Tennessee at home the first time around. I do think, and I don't. I think it should be noted. I believe Tennessee has a bye the week before that game, so that is something I think just to monitor as well. So that, that's one that I went back and forth on, uh, but I just can't go full on sweep just yet over the
1: uh, over the Titans. I can get behind that as well. All right, so the next four games. Uh, at New England, you have that as a loss. Uh, losing at Oak or not Oakland, Las Vegas. Vegas, baby. So you have their record at 500 at 5-5. Five and five.
0: God, It's kind of crazy when you see that.
1: Yeah, and then you have them winning the next two games. Um, you have them defeating the Eagles and then defeating the Steelers. You know, Eddie, when you get in this part of the schedule,
0: you know, Titans, Commanders, Patriots, Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers. Those are probably like a bunch of teams that are thinking to themselves, wow, you know, this is a golden opportunity for us to potentially make the playoffs this season. You know, they're all probably thinking very, very similar stuff to what we are saying right here. So a lot of these games, I think, are just going to be great games. Yeah, And, again, a lot of teams that can reach the point of late October, early November thinking, boy, we feel like we got a great chance here. Um, So we'll obviously have to see how that one plays out. But I will go with a loss to New England. I like the Raiders more than most. I do, too. I I, I think entering this year. I guess I have that one as a two-score loss now that I look at it. Uh, But I think that's going to be a tough one. Beat Nick Sirianni and the Eagles at home. Um, Did you go with Steelers as well? Yep. I got that as a win. I know it's Monday Night Football, uh, but Heinz Field's a lot different than playing here. There'll be a lot of terrible towels in that building. But I'm going to go with the Colts over the Steelers in that one. I I do think people are a little quick to write off Pittsburgh, just 100%. I mean, their quarterback arguably held them back last year, and they still made the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with – Trubisky and company on that front but uh, yeah I am going with the Colts with a seven and five record as they get to December
1: I have one discrepancy in here so far and that's the New England game
0: yeah it which is totally fine I acknowledge it you know was New England good last year or not I mean I say no Mac Jones regressing or is Mac Jones taking a step in year two
1: I think he stays the same I don't think there's much of a progression or a regression
0: Maybe it's you know, past history, scar tissue, you know, yeah. all of that. I, I, maybe that's that's where some of that is. But um, I still think a road game. I mean, you know full well that weather is going to be like forty eight degrees and spitting rain, uh, which probably plays into the Colts' favor. Now that I think about it, considering what it looked like in Buffalo last year and the Colts won there. Yeah, that it certainly won. You know, there's a lot of coin flips on here. Yeah. You, know, you can go back and forth on. But uh, yeah, I got them seven and five at this point.
1: I'll break up the final six three and three here uh, yeah. week thirteen. At Dallas, you have them losing, so now they're seven and six. Then they'll be eight and six after the week fourteen bye, and then defeating the Vikings in Minnesota on week fifteen. Uh and then they have the Chargers, and you have that as a surprise win. Thirty-seven thirty-four with the Colts being nine and six.
0: Little shootout shoot out there for Monday night football. You imagine you get tickets as a kid from Santa Claus to go to the Colts Chargers game on December 26th. That'd be pretty fun. And then you see that game. Uh, that might've been me talking from my entertainment standpoint, but hell uh, I got them winning both Monday nighters. And I mean, that game is could be massive. Really l- look at those two. I mean, I haven't losing to Dallas on the road. Then you like, like you said, Eddie, the bye week then they come back at Vikings Chargers. Just stop right there. Vikings and Chargers, there's a great chance as I look at it right now thinking to myself, hmm, I wonder what the Vikings record will be entering Week 15. Well, the Colts are 7-6. and six. I could see the Vikings at 7-6 and six in Week 15. Monumental crossover game. This is the extra game on the schedule like Tampa Bay last year. This is the extra NFC game for the Colts in 2022. And then the Chargers. The Chargers could be sitting at 8-6. and six. They could be a really good 8-6 and six team and obviously fighting for their lives. They could be better, too. You never know. To make the playoffs. It's just such a loaded division there. So I am going to go win-win. They're coming out of the bye week. Two big ones, but I'm going to go win-win to get them to 9-6. and six.
1: It'll be interesting to see how they play after that late bye week, too. Um, all right, final two games obviously i can't count i said 3 and 3 so we'll do 2 uh you've got week 17 a win against the giants making them 10 and 6 uh and the over cashing for you if you placed that season long wager uh before the season started a month that. or so ago look at
0: that Eddie. Then, smart uh, there
1: and then week 18 you have them closing it out with a win over the texans and ending the season 11 and 16
0: I've got so what is that? Now that I look at it, Eddie, that's four eleven
1: and six, not eleven and sixteen.
0: That's four straight wins to end the year.
1: Let's ride. Boy, at Giants and Texans to end the
0: year. I mean, you talk about two really bad football teams on paper. Now at Giants, that funky weather, that's New Year's Day. I think that's the one Mother Nature game outside of Foxboro that, that you look at. Again, I feel like the Colts are more equipped to play outdoors than they are indoors. Um Yeah, I I have 11-6. I probably probably go a little bit more on the 10-win side than 12. You know, if you're going to make me there, if you're going to make me pick kind of one or the other on that front, I think anything double-digit should be enough to win the division. You know, the AFC West, you didn't draw them in a great year. That's obvious. But you still play in the easiest division the AFC. And the NFC East, you know, Dallas and Philly, but... You know, Washington and New York don't make me. The NFC in general, outside of the West, though those those other divisions, I don't think are anything that worry you too too much. So yes, I am going to go eleven and six, and that's me. You know, going with, you know, I feel like this team stays pretty healthy. Obviously, who knows what can happen with that. Um, what do you like, Eddie? I
1: like I like eleven and six too. I just have it in a different way.
0: Is nine and five? Is that the official over under? Excuse me,
1: nine and a half? Is that the official
0: over under? That or? was
1: the last one I saw. Let okay. me look it up, and I will tell you.
0: So when you say eleven,
1: um, when
0: you say eleven, you said in a different way. Fill us in a little bit more on, huh? Wait, wh- you said eleven wins, but in a different manner than I had it. Oh Are you thinking? I had
1: them. We don't like
0: the four straight wins. To I had end them. Year?
1: I had them defeating uh, New England and, and losing to uh, the Chargers. Got it. Got that it, was it, the it, only yeah. really difference.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Uh,
1: but yeah, right now on a specific sports book, it is nine and a half. But it is pretty juiced, minus one sixty.
0: Yeah, that's really juiced. Um, a couple of interesting notes just from nationally. I know Troy Aikman. I heard him yeah. very high, very high in the Colts. Um, Peter King, not as high. I don't think he actually had the Colts making the playoffs. It's just one of those things, Eddie. When the Colts, I think, should be in a good position because again, you play in the AFC South. The chance to win that division speaks for itself, but you also should have a good record just based off the wild card if you need to get in that mix. You know, the NFC West or AFC West, those teams should beat each other up. You know, and same thing for um for the AFC, um, AFC North. And I, I think AFC East is better than people are giving it credit for. Uh, but what a year. I mean, this this conference is loaded. Um, I think it's going to be a, an awesome year to watch the AFC. And I think anything short of winning the division would be cons- considered a disappointment for the Colts.
1: Quick note, PFT, Pro Football Talk, they are like the one outlet that is not high on the Colts. Um their, I thought they had him as a two seed. Their power rankings don't even have the Colts inside the top 10. They've got the Rams, Buccaneers, Bills, obviously. So who does that? Have, is that but, not Florio? Um, I don't know if it's like all of them combined, and it's like where the average was out, but they had Tennessee at eight, but Florio is one of them, yeah.
0: I always thought Florio hated the Colts. But then I saw, I could have sworn. I it is Florio, lie. yeah. Number two seed Colts in the AFC. Um He's like, got
1: Colts at eleven in the power rankings preseason, so
0: And that's the entire league.
1: Yes. Interesting.
0: Okay, um let's get into Twitter questions. As we record this, Colts injury report still not officially out. Look to be a really healthy group out there. Maybe I just missed somebody. I was you know, I kind of got lost in talking about travel basketball. <laughs> but um nonetheless, it looks like a pretty healthy team entering week one here.
1: Uh, Dustin sent this to me on Twitter. Uh, If you were only able to keep one player, Jonathan Taylor, and the production he has had last season for the next seven seasons, or Shaquille Leonard's turnover production every year for the next eight years? Time out, time out. Give that to me one more time. Would you rather keep Jonathan Taylor and the production he had last season for the next seven years? Okay or Shaquille Leonard's turnover production every year for the next eight years? Boy, oh boy. Dustin, that's a
0: smart dude right there. That's a good question, Eddie Garrison. Wow. Um, I guess I got to go with what I said earlier. You know, turnovers, I think, are a little bit fluky. And if you can give me those yep. for seven straight seasons... And what they mean for, obviously, ending drives and creating an opportunity for yourself. Yeah, I think I'd go there. I mean, certainly I can look at Taylor and be like, you have questions of quarterback moving forward. You know, I'm talking long-term, seven Mm -hmm. seasons down the road. And wide out, you know, you hope that some combination of a Pittman and Pierce and, you know, who who knows about Campbell, would offer you a nice wide out group, but I think it's a little premature to say that. I just think it's somewhat easier to replicate a semblance of what Taylor did. Yes. Um so I'm going to go with Leonard and the turnovers on that front. I totally want to acknowledge what Jonathan Taylor did last year, 500 more rushing yards than anybody in the <laughs> league. So durable as well. But man, it's just you know, kids, you know, kids don't have your kids play running back.
1: You know? Yeah. So that's just kind of how I feel about it. Agree with you there and I I would have went Shaq as well just because it's like it's such a rare thing to have, too. Like so rare, and it's so beneficial. Incredibly. And again, you know,
0: I think what stands out to me about Leonard is like, you know, sometimes you got guys that force fumbles at a really high rate. Yeah, linebackers they just don't usually fall in that category. You know, when mm-hmm. you think, anytime you see a Luke Kuechly or a Bobby Wagner stat, it's tackles. That's the first thing that you see. Mm-hmm. You know, to see turnovers, just different.
1: Terp asks, do you think Sam Ellinger is the next Frank Reich? As in being one of the best backups in the league and go to be a quarterback coach and then eventually an offensive coordinator into a head coach. Wow.
0: Turp, I can't I can't say I've ever really thought about that. You know, Eddie, I've always and I don't know, maybe I'm speaking a little bit from personal experience, but you know, I've seen, you know, firsthand people just get a little burnt out with sports and, yeah you know when you think about i don't know eddie maybe i'm totally missing people but like i don't know of many major college or professional coaches that have come from the friday night lights of texas high school football and like you've always been in that moment since high school obviously in ellinger's case you go to texas and you're started starter there for four years like at some point doesn't that just burn you out i i, I don't know maybe you thrive in it maybe you love it uh, and to be fair to Allinger as well, the dude's been through hell um, in his life, so I have no idea of post-football, if this is, is what he would want. Yeah, um, And he has yet to throw a pass in the NFL, so it's probably a little premature to say one of the things <laughs> back. Uh, but obviously, his football mind and, and his love for the game and his willingness to work at it, all of that checks the box there. So there are elements
1: to it that you could see, but I'm going to... I'm going to not go just there quite yet. Now, these were announced earlier, so I don't know if you can give who you thought would have been the captains, but this is from Austin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would love to hear your thoughts on who the Colts captains will be this season.
0: Yes, seven captains, right?
1: Yes, three three offense, three defense, and a special teamer.
0: Yeah, where is that list?
1: Got quarterback Matt Ryan. Boom. Running back Jonathan Taylor. Offensive lineman Quentin Nelson. Defensively, it's Shaq Leonard, DeForest Buckner, anymore and then special teams is Zaire Franklin
0: who will have on the show tomorrow morning at 8 a.m let's go you're listening to this on Wednesday that would be Thursday morning uh you know when I first heard Frank Reich start to rattle him off I'm thinking to myself Eddie hell he might name the whole starting lineup (laughs) Um,
1: I thought seven was a lot
0: yeah I think it's one more than last year so last year instead of Ryan you had Wentz instead of Taylor you had Hilton yeah, And then I don't believe Kenny Moore was a captain last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think you had Buckner. I think you had Leonard. Zaire Franklin would have been your special teams captain. Um, Nelson was a captain last year. I, I believe that is correct on that front. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could have grilled Frank a little bit more. I just asked him, is that player vote? And he said Yes. I don't know if, you know, A, you got to get 70% of player vote and then you're a captain. Right. I don't know kind of the threshold on that.
1: I don't know. It seemed pretty unanimous, though. It's like, yeah, Q's our be- one of our best leaders in the locker room or whatever. And then... Yeah.
0: You know, obviously, if you're going to sit here and be like, okay, who wasn't a captain? I mean, Stefan Gilmore, uh, Pittman, Ryan Kelly. I mean, Kelly's your longest tenured one. That one is a little bit odd to me. Uh, I guess in Ngakwe, but, you know, with first-year guys – you're always kind of curious, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably the list. I think the more interesting one, Austin, would be: what if you could only have one captain for offense, defense, and special teams? So one, one for each unit. Mm-hmm. Offensively, is it Matt Ryan? Does your quarterback just automatically get the seat? I saw Wentz as a as a commander captain. <laughs> like seriously, captain commander. Just does your quarterback automatically become a captain? Captain
1: commander Carson.
0: <laughs> I guess for all the you know. Wentz comments from last year he did something to earn the captaincy here in Indianapolis uh, so I think it would probably be Matt Ryan withstood that interview Frank yeah yeah it was a hell of a, it was a hell of an interview by the Washington TV person uh, special teams Franklin of course defense if you only had one captain vote who would you give it to probably Shaq over Buckner
1: yeah because I think Shaq is more emotional and vocal no there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. And he will always go out there and give you 110%. Every single time. Agreed?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. That one, you know, I mean, Kenny Moore would probably have a lot of debate about he, He'd be pretty frustrated to hear that. But obviously, it's a good problem to have when you're naming yeah. multiple guys that could be up there for that. So,
1: especially with Shaq being the signal caller on yeah. defense, too. Uh, Paul asked, as we talk about Shaq Leonard, uh, with Shaq getting ready. For gameplay, how much is his prep mental versus cardiovascular conditioning versus getting adjusted to the hits and banging? Well, it's all physical now. I mean, it's got
0: to be. I mean, he's done the mental. I mean, he was out there. I mean, Eddie, you were at a few training camp practices. I mean, Shaq was out there every day. Mm -hmm. He was out there. I mean, he maybe missed stretching, and then he'd be out there for the entire practice. So it's all physical. I feel like I'm so torn on if Leonard's going to play on Sunday or not. (laughs) Like, I hear one Frank Reich answer, and I'm like, Huh, I think he's gonna play, and then today I'm to it. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound as optimistic as maybe I was on Monday. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm asking him too many Leonard-related questions on it. So, you know, can you pitch count him up? You know, some people are like, ah, screw that. You know, <laughs> I, I want to make it clear the pitch count would be more from a conditioning standpoint and not a risk of injury standpoint. You know, if there's any sort of Yeah, he could risk an injury if he goes back out there. Screw that. Then you definitely sit sit him until you get to a threshold where it's like, all right, the chances of, um, you know, injuring himself are are really lessening. Um,
1: So, yeah. Still no official uh, injury report yet. I think that'll be the real tell factor here. And Frank said Leonard will be full. And, And, you know,
0: I asked Frank today, and it's a long answer. I've got it in a notebook up on our website for those that missed it. I said to Frank, Is three practices this week enough for Shaquille? You know, is that something? And Frank just kind of paused for a second and thought to himself, and, you know, he basically said, and I'm kind of summarizing here, and and I caution people to go look at the full quote, but basically it was like, you don't want to make exceptions for the superstar players. Most players you would think they probably need more than that, Given that they've missed so much time you know, since January, but could you do three practices and then say, hey, here's 15 plays on Sunday for you? Here's third down and here's red zone. You know, you break up practices and periods into very specific stuff like that. Do you just throw Leonard in there for the third down and red zone stuff? I mean, de- defensive guys coming on and off the field in those roles all the time under yeah. one of those roles.
1: I don't think he would love that, but that's another question that I have. Garrett answers our question from last pod that we couldn't seem to find, or maybe two pods ago. Uh, Nick Cross, odds for Defensive Rookie of the Year are plus 10,000. What are your
0: thoughts? (laughs) Can you believe he's 20 years old? Turns 21 on Saturday, Nick Cross. Oh, boy. I mean, he's got to be one of the younger people in the NFL. Eddie, I got to sprinkle that, right?
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
0: Why not? If he's starting. Now,
1: wait, you think he is the starter over?
0: I mean, depth chart-wise, he is. Um, and Gus Bradley doesn't seem super open to, like, rotating those guys on game day. We'll obviously see it play out. But you know, I think right now, if you were going to say, all right, Kevin, give me the starting 11, I'd put Cross over Rodney McLeod next to Julian Blackman. You know, the thing about these awards, defensively, you got to have the turnovers. Yeah. you got to have the flash. Cross plays a position where he should get some Action. So he should have the opportunity to create that stuff. The issue I would have with Cross, and again, I'm not saying lay more than a dollar on this. But Eddie, think back to the draft. I mean, number one and two overall, defense, defense was Stingley three or four, and Sauce Gardner was three. the other one. And then did Gardner go four or five? You know, something yeah. down there. Basically, you had defensive linemen and corners go early. Yeah. So obviously, they're gonna have all the hype. So, if you have the same stats as those dudes, you've, you're have you not going to win as the third-round pick. <laughs> like, Nick Cross has got no preseason hype. This question, I don't think Adam Schefter is answering this question on his podcast. <laughs> you know, but this is Kevin's Corner, so we obviously welcome it.
1: And we're better people.
0: Uh, Damn it. Yeah, thank you. Amen to that. Um, so, again, if Aiden Hutchinson has six or seven sacks, that's going to be tough to try and, you know, beat him out for that award there. But, sure, why the hell not? Garrett? put a dollar
1: go for it dude uh, and also let me know where you got that because i can't find it on the sports book i use
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: dm eddie garrison uh jd says hey kevin since you asked for more injury prediction pod questions will i survive my hangover from this wedding <laughs> <laughs> all jokes aside here's oh, my yeah, actual question hangovers are mental J.D. All mental, yeah, yeah, All mental. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. All jokes aside, here's my actual- Labor Day wedding. Oh, boy,
0: that that can be a battle.
1: Yeah. All jokes aside, here's my actual question. Uh, Who do you think is a member of the Colts organization that you think is the most likely person to listen to the pod, be it a scout, a coach, or a player? (laughs) Follow-up would be, if you could make someone in the organization a weekly listener- who would you pick?
0: Well, it's funny you say that, Eddie. I'm literally looking at my phone right now. I have a missed call, and I can, I, I will show you. Is it from Jelani Wood's dad? Uh, no, it, it is not from <laughs> Jelani Wood's dad, but it says just Colts. Missed call from the Colts, and I've got a voicemail from them. So that's something i got to check when I'm back. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a good I, I, You know, last night I had a tweet about, well, I didn't have a tweet about, Shaquille Leonard in a direct manner, but I'm sitting there getting ready to go to sleep, and I look over. And I'm like, I'll check Twitter one more time. I'm like, Shaquille Leonard's favorited two of your tweets. I'm like, what in the world? I start scrolling through, and I'm looking at it, and like, this man has found a tweet that had no mention of the words Darius, Shaquille, or Leonard in the tweet, and yet has found <laughs> it. It was it, honestly, it was that captaincy type question that we got earlier. Yeah, we were debating the show yesterday if you could only give out one defensive captain, who would it be, and. The person that asked me this on Twitter used the initials – used Darius's DSL, Darius Shaquille Leonard, of course. That was the only, like, reference to him. I I replied with, yeah, he'd definitely be a good one. He makes the calls. That would probably aid his candidacy. I'd probably go with Buckner. And but sure enough, Leonard has found that favorite. Boom. He's on it. <laughs> I mean, that man looks for motivation everywhere. Can you imagine, like, that being part of your nightly ritual of, like – all right. Here we go. Stephen Holder, <laughs> Erickson, Zach Kiefer, Kevin Bowen. Like just kind of crossing off. Yeah. First I'm gonna search my name. And now he's got multiple names he's gotta search. You know, yeah. he's got a lot that he's gotta search on Twitter. Who listens in the organization?
1: <laughs> you know Obviously uh Chris, because he knows you you know, you talk about it all the time, yeah, needing well, wide yes, receivers. Yes,
0: Ballard has mentioned that he listens and you know what I love about what Ballard said is he goes, uh you know, I, I've heard you talk and I've seen you write I believe, it was, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit But he also reads the the website Which I always love to hear, so thank you to the GM For that I mean, I'm sure people, I mean, it's Sports Talk Radio Driving to work, I mean, I don't know about yeah. the podcast I mean, the podcast, you gotta dial up a little bit more Yeah, I mean, I've talked to people in the organization That certainly listen I, I would guess that No player Consumes an hour long podcast I, I could be totally off on that Coach and scout would probably fall into the more of the potential that they listen to. That you know, it's the weird balance, Eddie. Like if I were a CEO or just a prominent business person, I would probably want to listen to a lot of podcasts and just consume information related to my business. Mm-hmm. I want to know how my brand is viewed organizationally. I mean, shit, I say stuff on the radio all the time. That's someone from the Colts or Pacers. Are gonna contact me about either to disagree with, agree with, or clarify. I'll let you divide up the pie and what you think the the subject or the uh, angle typically falls with that pie. But you know, I I would me personally, I'd probably want to listen to some of it. But I, there's, you know, there's got to be that balance of not wanting to crave it
1: too. Who would much. you want to pick to listen to the pod or the well, show I, if you had one person?
0: Yeah, I mean to be honest, I I know this might sound stupid, but like I don't care too much. Like yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna alter. I don't. It would. I don't want it to alter. If it alters how I'm gonna talk, then why are you listening to this podcast? You know, I always try to come at it from an extremely objective view. With that, you know, it. I guess it's like, oh, you know, I appreciate you listen, and I do. I genuinely appreciate every listener that we have. It means so much to me that people take time out of their day to listen to anything or read anything Um, but I I guess what I'm getting at Eddie is just like organizationally like I don't know if they still do this but they used to do it every day the entire organization would get a a clips package is what they called it basically it's a hundred page document of everything related to the Colts that was written and produced in a newspaper online the day before and I'm talking like you know big time websites you know Newspapers and, and and media outlets, ESPN.com, CBS Sports, Sports Illustrated, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, pro, I don't know about Pro Football Talk, but you know those sorts of, you know, bigger outlets. And in that package, you also would have this week, for example, you would have all the clips in there from the Houston Texans. You know, learn more about your opponent, mm-hmm. and this would go, you know, a hand copy to Ursay and to Gregson and to Pagan, you know, and to you know all the key figures. So you know does that get read from page 1 to 123 by everybody no if you're Matt Taylor is that super beneficial to get every day yes because you want to highlight stuff that you want to use in your you know broadcast yeah. you know, people are obviously are using it for for different reasons with that um so yeah i don't i mean erse sure well, let's have jim listen Yeah. To it. you know i don't know yeah i don't i really don't worry too much about it um
1: yeah, I
0: I want Tiger Woods to listen.
1: <laughs> there you go. On the Randall, I was wondering if you had a chance to catch the Trey Wingo podcast from Matt Ryan about a week ago on September 1st on YouTube. said it's pretty good, but it was filmed back in OTA, so some of it uh, is what we heard Ryan saying back then. Uh, but they started talking about 28-3, to three and Wingo stressed his belief in taking the points rather than going for it on fourth down for the sake of keeping the game close. Ryan agreed with him, and he said that he believes in keeping it as close as possible and thus taking the points. Does this affect how Frank calls games this season, and do we become a bit more conservative because our quarterback is a bit more old school in that line of thought? I know a lot of Colts fans that would be relieved if we took the points on 4th and 2 on the 32-yard line. Not really sure where I stand. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah, Randall, to be honest with you, I have not listened to that. Um, I don't read too much into it. Frank is going to be uber-aggressive, and the quarterback will do as the play caller and the head coach goes. I don't 28-3 to three in the Super Bowl, to me, is just a hair different than, you know, a 4th down on Week 7 against the Commanders. You know, I just, and that's what, X amount of years ago, and Kyle Shanahan, I mean, a much different coaching staff and and all of that, so I think Frank is going to be very aggressive. Matt Ryan strikes me as a guy that, you know, I don't know if you would say he's aggressive in style, but I think Matt Ryan really understands the game of football and that you should probably toe a little bit more on the side of aggression than not. Um, So I think Frank and him align in that, and we know where Frank's going to be, so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not putting too much stock into that.
1: Wake Spike, you were one of the first questions I ever read back on I think one of my first pods that I did. Look at that. And a bit back. emotional here by Eddie Right. Anderson. He's a he's and he's back. He's back. He, yes. he, he's a frequent one. Uh, yeah. I've got one that i like to supersede the previous question or if you need another do both. They sent me at the gym at the end of the 2022-2023 season... Mid deadlift. <laughs> this question hit wakes <laughs> by Yeah. At the end of the 2022-2023 season, if we win the AFC South but lose the championship, would it make sense for us to try and trade our first round and fourth round to Miami in 2023 uh, for their first and third rounder in 2024 as a means to start pooling that capital we need for the transition off of Matt Ryan to our next quarterback or would you try and go the other way and mortgage future picks to get more guys in hopes of a better season in 2023-2024? You know, Eddie, this is kind of the dilemma that
0: the Colts find themselves in that awkward balance of the win-now moves for a 37-, 38-year-old quarterback versus knowing the quarterback question is there moving forward. Um, You know, it's probably why I was initially like a little bit hesitant with that and with that Nick Cross move, like, oh, man, mortgage and future picks when you don't have the quarterback. Um, I know that's a very long-term view with it, but that is kind of where my head always goes until you find that guy. I think in an ideal world, you would pass the torch. Like, ideally, that is what you would do. You would do the Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. You would be able to do that. Um, Again, that's ideal, and the reality of that is difficult when you look at the first-round draft capital for so many quarterback-needy teams next season and all of those. So I don't think you can push it off any further. That's my thought on it. Um, so, you know, mortgaging picks and, and getting win now and all of that, I just – boy, you got to really believe that Matt Ryan's the guy and Matt Ryan's going to give you, I don't know, more like three to four years than two years. Um, so, yeah, those are my thoughts on the situation.
1: Uh, George Kittle just hurt his groin, so he's day-to-day. So I was trying to see if that was your tight end in the – the pod league, but it's not... No. Who do I got? Do I have Hooper? Uh, No. Noah Fant? Yes. Hawkinson? You are Noah Fant. Yeah, Noah Fant.
0: I just thought, I don't know. Drew Locke's got to throw it to somebody. Uh, no kidding. Throw it with a familiar face. I don't know. Wait, it's not even Drew Locke, isn't it? It's Geno Smith. God, that was so dumb of me. No
1: wonder I suck at fantasy. <laughs> uh, That's Robert McAdams, so you ready to... I'm going to go find somebody if you don't have backup there All right, behind scram- Kittle. Scramble mode. Uh, last, last question. Uh, this comes from Frank. How much money will I make off of these bets? Bet the $100 for the Colts to have a better record than the Raiders. Another $100 to beat the Raiders. Another $100 for the Colts to make the playoffs. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are there more? We
0: should probably just take these one at a time. Okay, yeah. Okay. Go back to number one.
1: Uh, bet $100 for the Colts to have a better record than the Raiders
0: yeah I I just think the AFC I like the Raiders I frankly I'm one of those betting apps out there I bet the Raiders to win the Super Bowl Um, but I just think the AFC West they'll just beat each other up
1: I agree another $100 on the Colts to beat the Raiders no that's on the road right
0: uh i don't like that now granted all the road games i guess are home games when you have vegas and all the fans in the (laughs) building but
1: now i I don't like that another 100 dollars for the colts to make the playoffs yes a hundred dollars for the raiders not to make the playoffs well i hope not
0: if my bet's going to be
1: alive for any (laughs) month of any minute of january um, a hundred dollars on the Colts to beat the Chargers, and you've already established yes, I, did, I established yes. no, and the final one hundred dollars, and I would like whatever salary Frank is making God. on the Colts to beat the Cowboys. Holy, where does he come up with this? No idea. Now I had that as a loss, right? Yes, I so did too. Let's try and
0: do the math here. One, two, three, four. That's six different bets. One
1: to beat the Raiders. I have a better record than the Raiders. Do I have three wins and three losses? To make the playoffs. To Raiders not making the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I got three wins and three losses of the bets. You're breaking yeah. even, Frank.
1: I think I'm two and four here.
0: He would be. He lose four of those.
1: Yeah. To me. I
0: think the Raiders will make the playoffs. Man, don't you love that? Just breaking even right there. All that. Intrigue, spice, flair, drama, entertainment, sweat, gray hairs. Keep going. No money. <laughs> just even, baby. Just I, even that's better than in the in the red though. Hey, and I need my Raiders just to win, baby. Your Raiders? To quote Al Davis. Well, if I've got them winning the Super Bowl, they they, they gotta be my Raiders. Uh is that a, is that we're ending on that one? Yep. That's a hell of a one to end on. All right, everybody. Uh I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Eddie Garrison. Thank good luck
1: you. on Friday.
0: Thank you. More importantly, good luck to my wife, Maddie. She is an incredible human being and a trooper through this. I could not carry a baby nor deliver the baby. Um, I, I just don't. I know my. I know I'm not tough <laughs> enough to do that, to accomplish that, let alone the science behind it. Uh, but I will be there in support. And little baby Bowen, too, will hopefully enjoy watching Notre Dame and Marshall Saturday afternoon in the hospital here in the... Indianapolis. Will Rosie make it? Rosie will be there. Um, I don't think she'll be making long stays in the hospital, but no, we we certainly want to share that moment with her. Now,
1: is she old enough to understand what's going on? Uh, She
0: claims she is, but she is not. Okay. Yeah. Reality will set in very quickly. And for those of you that have reached out with similar age gaps from kid number one to kid number two, it sounds like. What's the age gap? It's about 27 months. Yeah, Rosie... Rosie will be she turned two in June wow yeah 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 Yeah. crazy I know yeah we're wa- wait. we walked in there with yep you know COVID this and COVID that And now here we are again it's like well wow, COVID is still around as we enter the <laughs> hospital we're able to have some family members in there which we're thrilled about that and again hope for just smooth operation and health for Maddie and the new baby and a big thank you I think not to get super sentimental here Eddie but I think uh we've learned over the last couple of years, just how grateful we are for first, oh, res- yeah. first responders and um, nurses and doctors and everybody. And, um, I think about that when I drive in, in the morning, you know, I typically pass whatever that is at 16th and Capital, Um, and just seeing all the nurses that are going in for their shifts yeah. right then at seven, you know, for the show, when I'm going in for the show and all that, and I'm just like, God, ah, unbelievable what they do. Um, so thank you to everybody out there that is in that. I know we do have a few listeners, actually, that are in the medical profession. So thank you guys for that. Eddie, thank you for what you've done with the Pick'Em in the Fantasy League. We'll make sure to tweet out that link and retweet it as well coming up here leading into tomorrow night. And if you miss one game, who cares? Join the league, fill it out for Sunday, and we'll be good to go. Tentatively, well, let's hold off probably for a week week from Monday. I think we will be the next time that we chat with you if everything goes according to plan. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Eddie Garrison. Everybody have a great week. Thank you for listening to Kevin's Corner. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.